From Vine Pairs New York City headquarters, I'm Joanna Sharino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast, Friday edition. We are missing missing our friend, Adam. <laughs> I might prefer your version of this to, to Adam. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, we miss Adam. I'm sure he won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah, so uh, we are, what, we're in February now. Not while we're recording, yes. but while you're listening to this. So let us all rejoice that we made it through <sighs> the seemingly longest month of the year. Yeah, it's January. It's just... And you made it through <sighs> your dry January. It's a slog. It's a slog. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I it, it just, it, it was fine. It was, <laughs> as I think I said on a few episodes ago, one of the things that is mildly easier about it in uh pandemic times is like, I don't, there aren't as many things to go do uh, that I miss out on as I, in a, in other Januaries, there's like, you know, one or two events that maybe in a, in another year I would go to, but uh, it's been, it's been relatively calm and you know, having like two kids and stuff. And it's just like, I don't miss, I don't miss waking up hungover. So yeah. that's, nice, <laughs> I, I guess I'll start, we'll start that very soon. I'm sure. Um, well, so this week we were going to pivot away from the, um, TV shows we've been uh, watching recently to talk about some reading we've been doing. Yeah. Um, so Zach, what have you been reading? So I think there are two things that I wanted to mention here. One is um, those who are, you who are listeners will, will perhaps know um, as we've discussed in shows, I'm, I'm something of a sci-fi guy uh, mm-hmm. outside of my love of wine and other things. And I read a, a really fascinating book recently. That's kind of sci-fi kind of not uh, called the first 15 lives of Henry August. And it's basically, I'm not going to go too deep into it other than to say, like, the setup is very cool. Um, Henry August is this guy who is, like, born in the in 1919, lives a life, dies, and then is born again in 1919 with, like, basically the memories of his previous life. Um, but kind of everything around him is the same. And he, no no spoiler here, this is all given away very early in the book. He finds out that he is not the only person for whom this is true. Uh, and then there's a plot and some exciting stuff happens. But it's just a kind of interesting conceit that that there are these you know small number of people who are sort of living these loops of their life but with knowledge of their previous lives um so yeah that was really good and then i'm also Wait, sorry uh, have you ever out... have you ever seen the movie palm springs with andy samberg it's like i have a not i know it's a premise it's yeah or well Grandhog Grandhog day yes exactly kind of yeah same thing but yeah uh no i have not seen that one although uh i heard of it pretty, but I pretty have silly not seen it. gotcha <laughs> Um, yeah, this is not a, this is definitely not a funny book. It's, no, it's no, more it serious, sound funny. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, but quite good. And then I'm, I'm working my way through, uh, Wine Girl, which is Victoria James's sort of right. memoir, uh, that came out, a probably a year and a half ago now. Um, but I, um, I, I, as much as I love wine and, and drinks, I actually kind of have a limited taste for reading about them. I, yeah, I, yeah. I like to read about it, but it's like, it needs to be interspersed with a lot of other things because so much of the rest of my life is beverage alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, so my reading is often more kind of fanciful. How about you? Yes. I, I, I felt that for a long time with food, uh, like mm-hmm. food memoirs and things like that. Like yeah. I was doing that so much for work. I, I didn't really want to do that um, in my private time and other reading. Um, I've been recent, uh, recently I've been reading, um, well, L- uh, Louise Penny's like, Gamache series, which is a murder mystery series by a, a writer, <laughs> uh, Louise Penny. Um, and those are really great and quick reads. Um, I think there are 13 of them or so, and I'm on the third. Um, and then also on my nightstand, I keep this book called Tiny Crimes, which is, oh. um, <laughs> there are these very, very short, like, 
murdery or crime vignettes written by a bunch of different writers and edited by um, people, uh, the same people, but um, they are truly, they're like three to five pages each. And I like to read those before I go to bed. <laughs> That's a yeah. normal thing, right? Oh, I, sure. Little crime vignettes. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's like uh, what could possibly put you in a better headspace for sleep than reading about grisly murders and the yeah. like. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk about hot drinks. Yeah. Yes. And this is something you and Adam have talked about in the past. <laughs> well, he just, I would say, you know, I'm sure he'll weigh in on the next episode he's on to say that we got it all wrong. But but my sense of it is that Adam is not a, a lover of hot drinks. You mm-hmm. know, he's, he's just understandable. He's not alone. Many people prefer their cocktails. They, they want them cold or not at all. Um, but I think you and I both share a, a certain love of, of hot drinks uh, in a variety of forms. And it seemed like a good time as it's may not be January anymore, but it's still cold, still very cold. <laughs> uh, to, to talk about uh, kind of how we can make some of our warm drinks more exciting and interesting. Yes. I think it's really interesting how many people like have a, have a strong opinion about hot drinks. Yes. Um, like I don't, I, I like them. I don't, I don't dislike them. I don't really think too much about them, I guess. Well, cause I think it's for a lot of people, it's sort of a, there's a specific time and Very place seasonal. that they're the thing yeah. you would want, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, most people are not ordering, even if they like, hot cocktails they're not going to order them in the summer right. they might not order them during the day you know they might they're a, a a cold weather nighttime kind of thing which is understandable mm-hmm. you know probably a lot of people don't come in from the snow and say like god you know what i really want is a margarita mm-hmm. um it, it just it, it makes total sense but i think that the, the other thing about hot cocktails and, and this is kind of where i almost wanted to start today is my other thing with them is that i think unfortunately they often are made very poorly right. and very haphazardly. I think there's a little bit of a, people tend to think for, for reasons that are maybe somewhat understandable, like, whereas they would not think to make a Manhattan at home or a, a daiquiri at home without actually like measuring things and mm-hmm. understanding ratios that that all goes out the window when it comes to hot drinks. And they just kind of think like, oh, I'll put in a little of this, a little of that, fill it up with my hot liquid and call it good. And it's like, well, a good hot cocktail needs to be proportional in the same way that a, a stirred, shaken or whatever cocktail needs to be also. Yes. I think, I think they need to be balanced and I think they need to be thoughtful and treated like a, mm-hmm. a regular cocktail. Um, I agree, but I, I have certainly had my fair share of you know, dive dive bar <laughs> hot toddies that were made pretty ha- like I think maybe hot water, shot of bourbon and a lemon, wedge, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's a that's a rough go of it if you're not getting any sweetener. So I, let's actually start with the hot toddy because I think the hot toddy is one of those uh, drinks that 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 has both tremendous potential as a as a warm drink, but mm-hmm. also is I think more than others suffers from this problem in part because. Unlike some of the other drinks I think we'll discuss, it's, you know, hot liquid component is just hot water. And right. so if you if you go too heavy on the hot water, I mean, everything tastes, I guess, watered down. Mm-hmm. So so when you make a hot toddy, because I know you made some uh, maple syrup ones recently, I think. Yes, I did. Um, like, what, what are you, what's a kind of a, an ideal hot toddy for you, Joanne? I, I mean, I think in that instance, I was working with uh, the resources available to me. So it was a hot, it was yeah, you a were, hot. We were in the Canadian wilderness and had to tap your own tree. We were at, in an Airbnb up, in upstate yeah. New York. So, okay, close um, yeah. So I think, you know, for me, 
it is, it is, it, it, I mean, you can certainly use hot water, but I think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of play around with the hot liquid that you're using to sure. impart more flavor um, and more depth. And so I think, you know, experimenting with some teas um, is a nice way to do that. Or um, I've even seen like juices used as well mm. um, in place of water. Obviously you need to like then consider your sweeteners in that instance, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so typically I'll use hot water and then some sort of sweetener. I like to make, I like to make like a concentration and okay. then kind of figure out what the dilu- the dilution needs to be. And then always okay. keep the amount of alcohol the same in each mug. Gotcha. For like, and is it typically bourbon for you or do you play around with that too? And I mean, yeah, some sort of whiskey. Um, but, but I like the idea of using different spirits as well. Um, I, I think most people as- associate a hot toddy or hot drinks with like whiskey or rum. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, but I think you can definitely consider other things like brandies or Amari, I think are really interesting to use as well. Um, and yeah. to really experiment with other spirits that you have um maybe not maybe not something like vodka um but you know (laughs) you want a a brown spirit of some sort right or even like a mezcal could be really interesting because it brings a lot of flavors to the table what about you for the hot toddy so one of my favorite kind of variations on the hot toddy that i make for myself in the winter is um i like to use a dark or a darker rum and i like to use molasses or like Mm. a blackstrap molasses um because they really reinforce each other. And then I'll use a little bit of lime as opposed to lemon. Yes. And I think that like that gives you, you know, you're still getting that very kind of classic um, hot toddy experience of, you know, this sort of warm, invigorating. Um, and, you know, for and as compared to some other hot beverages, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel as heavy as some other hot beverages can feel mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Um, but I just like, I like honey a lot. And actually one of my other ones that I've made it at times as uh, I have a, uh, I'll use a mix of like blended scotch and then um, I have a, like a smoked honey that mm-hmm. I'll use. That um, and that's so really good. nice as well. Um, kind of, again, reinforcing the the flavor and the spirit and the flavor and the sweetener. Mm-hmm. So with, of course, with um, dark rums, you're getting something that's made from molasses and then you're adding some molasses into the drink. And with the um, smoked honey and, and scotch, you're really playing on that sort of peaty smoky note in both cases. Um, but I think the citrus is a big piece that sometimes yes. people don't think about mixing up. So like, that's why I like to use lime with my sort of molasses and rum toddy, uh, lemon for the scotch uh, or the kind of your classic whiskey formulations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could even do fun things with grapefruit um, yes. with the right kind of, you know, if you were going into uh, maybe with rum, if you were not doing molasses, if you were kind of keeping it lighter. So looking at, you know, or if you're going to do a, a mezcal and agave uh, nectar, uh, sort of toddy with with either lime or grapefruit, I think could be really nice, or or orange, frankly, yeah. um, all could work. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, such a it's such a sort of dynamic um, and and versatile, versatile. formulation. Mm-hmm. But again, I think the most important thing is like, you know, I don't want to use more than maybe six ounces of hot water at most yeah. if I can avoid it. Like I just think you you know you just lose so much of the, of the subtlety of the spirit and of the sweetener. If you're then over diluting it, it just kind of doesn't taste like much. Um, And then that's, I mean, you know, again, if you want just a hot drink with a little kick to it, that's not like the worst thing in the world, but I, I I prefer to kind of, you know, make them a little smaller. You get a little more concentration that way. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then if I need to move on to another hot thing, that's what, you know, 
tea is for or, or coffee is for or or whatever. Yeah. I think I think they're also a really great opportunity to experiment with spices. Like in, yes. in classic oh, hot toddies, you'll find your cinnamon cinnamon sticks and maybe a star a whole star anise or something like that. But I yeah, think, or cloves sometimes you'll see yes, in like studded into studded the into the, <laughs> into yeah. the lemon. Oh, I had to do that. Joanne, I had to do so many of those I uh, bet. in one of my bartending gigs. <laughs> It was it was it was just terrible. fifteen minutes of of brunch prep of studying lemon wedges with cloves. <laughs> it was, I mean, whatever. It was better it was to do it then than in the middle work. of service. But yeah. yeah. Um, but I also think you know uh, there's a lot of opportunity there to to you know experiment with other spices like cardamom. Um, I know you you're kind of into this idea, but black pepper um, and yeah. going for like a more savory uh, route with these. Mm-hmm could be really good in ginger, of course. Um, and then then also like kind of capitalizing on some of the trends that we're seeing in the hot drink space and, and adding some alcohol, but like turmeric or, or, you know, like a golden base or something like that. Yeah. Interesting too. And, and, uh, kind of go more savory too. And I think the last thing in that note is like another way to think about integrating those spices, if you want to, is you can, you know, literally add them to the liquid as you're, you know, as the drink kind of is there, you know, almost steep them in. Yeah. But another thing you can do is you can, um, as your sweetener, instead of using honey or using molasses or using agave nectar, you can make a spiced simple syrup mm-hmm. and use that and use that sort of as a platform to add those flavors in, in a way that's, I think, a little cleaner. You know, one thing that can suck about a hot toddy with spices in it is you're kind I'm of drinking around it. the spices, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, you we have to fish them out or whatever. And so you can, you can use that, you know, prep time if you're doing if you're planning on this as a you know so for some people the hot toddy me, me included is like a oh, this is what i want i'm just gonna throw everything together now and yes i'll throw some cloves in there or a cardamom pot or whatever because i have it lying around i didn't think to do you know my previous Prepare day syrups, spiced yeah. <laughs> you know spiced simple syrup but if you are planning on this for an event or you're going camping or or you know going to a cabin or whatever and you're going to do a little prep that can be a really nice way to kind of pack a lot of those flavors in without having to sort of actually add the the spices themselves to the drink directly. Mm-hmm. yeah what other hot things i think we have to talk about coffee now oh, I think we yeah. got cuz cuz that's i will say this my my one my one exception to my general appreciation for hot cocktails is not a fan big fan of hot buttered rum mm-hmm. uh, is a point of a little bit of conflict in my house because it's my wife's favorite hot drink mm-hmm. um, but just never been able to get there it's like the, the oiliness of it is You're just like a the little bulletproof coffee no can't do those either <laughs> tried one and i was like i i can see how for people this is a thing it just is not a thing for me mm-hmm. i did not i'm not i'm not there um are do you like hot buttered rum um you know, I don't, I don't dislike it, but I don't, yeah, I don't, um, I don't think I've ever, or I don't know that I've ever ordered or seen hot buttered rum on a menu before. And I, I mm. never made it myself. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> is, it, uh, is it made often in your house? Uh, well, usually my wife is the one who makes it. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, again, this is like the life of a bartender. I've had to make the basis for all these things at least once or twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not that bad, but it's just, I was, it was one that I never was enthusiastic about. So, and so, so you we can, that, we can, you, wait, wait, you, now, now I'm curious. So, so you make a, like you make like a butter base, right? Yeah, and exactly. You, you make your kind of, then yeah, it, it, you kind of stir it in with, you know, with your, um, uh, with your rum and, and your water. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it gives you your, you know, your kind of, it's not, you know, it's not that, that dissimilar from a hot toddy in certain ways, but, but it just kind of, gives the, the rich yeah that's just yeah it's just kind of hard i think you know for a lover of of the drink they would call it yeah it just adds richness to me it's like i said it's kind of just comes across as oily which mm-hmm. i don't love i don't know 
it, it just, yeah, it's never done it for me. <laughs> okay. Moving so, on. Yes. So coffee. So, okay. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on coffee drinks first. And then I have, I have some part in the pun hot takes. Yeah. I, I've had a, f- I mean, I, I like coffee drinks generally. I, I think they, they can also, you know, fall victim to being, you know, very, uh, haphazardly put together it can be like shitty coffee with like a splash of irish whiskey or whatever you want to want to throw in there and that's not much of a not too impressive of a drink but i think that you know like a really well-made irish coffee like the one that i had at the dead rabbit not too long ago Mm -hmm. that's a superb drink um so i think that like the hot toddy there's a range of of um success for coffee drinks yeah for sure and I think I think you're totally right about how how they often so fall victim to that. And I think the other problem with ordering a, a hot coffee drink out is like, depending on the drink you order, it's like in net it, it, it's 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 probably the category of cocktail that is least understood by bartenders and made most inconsistently by bartenders. Like, I think that an alarmingly low number. Like, I think there'd be a lot of people and again, whatever people can like this, however they want, who, who, if you ordered an Irish coffee, you know, not something that's on the menu, you just walked into a bar, Mm -hmm. 10 different bars and ordered an Irish coffee. You might get eight different drinks. Yeah. Um, and you know, and not because the bar is like, Oh, this is our take on an Irish coffee. Because, (laughs) because like, you know, even in my experience training bartenders, like you talk a lot about, the you talk a lot about obviously your sort of like you know your your special co- specialty cocktails you talk a lot maybe about how you make you know your kind of classic uh your classics that are going to be likely you know ordered even if they're not on the menu but hot drinks you know in the same way that the espresso martini at least was for a long time are just not specked out in a lot of bars they're mm-hmm. not yeah. there's not a there's not a constant formulation and like you know, some places you get it, you order an Irish coffee and it comes with Bailey's in it. Sometimes you order an Irish coffee and it comes with just Irish whiskey in it and mm-hmm. no, no sweeteners. Like it, it's, it, some, some people put whipped cream on it. Some people won't, mm-hmm. you know, they won't ask you, they might ask you, like, there's all these different things. And the same is true with your, you know, your uh, Spanish coffees, your, you know, your Mexican coffees, et cetera, all these things that kind of fit into this broader category. And it's such a bummer because I, my favorite kind of hot drinks are hot coffee drinks, because whereas with, a hot toddy or something like that, where you're really having to kind of build all of the flavors you want in the cocktail through your spirit and through your sweetener and maybe spices or whatever and citrus. And the water is just a kind of medium to make the whole thing palatable. You know, coffee, especially well-made coffee is so full of flavor itself and Mm -hmm. offers so much that you can then play with as a, as a bartender or as a drinker that it's such a bummer to, to me that they're, it's such a disrespected category. And, you know, Part of that's, like I said, just a lack of consistency. Part of it's because, like, sometimes, like, a Spanish coffee is a pain in the ass for a bartender. It's a time-consuming and laborious cocktail. And, like, I understand why bartenders, including me, <laughs> would groan sometimes when the order comes in. Or you start making one at the bar and suddenly three people see you light something on fire. And they're like, oh, I want that. And you're like, fuck. Now, I have, now I'm even more in the weeds. Um, <laughs> wait, yeah, wait, wait tell it, me about a Spanish coffee. Oh, well, so, so the whole... The whole uh, I mean, would I say they're always flaming? Uh, no, because a lot be. of people will shortcut it. Yeah. But like the way that like the, the to me, the correct way to make the drink is you have to light um, the sort of overproof rum on fire. Like that's just mm-hmm. the whole 
the whole kind of point of you're, you're trying to kind of caramelize the sugars um, on the rim of the glass. Like that's the, you know, that's kind of the point of, of the cocktail. Cause, mm-hmm. cause if you're just pouring overproof rum and triple sec in and then coffee liqueur, like it's fine, but like the caramelized sugar, the, like the, the flavor transformation of the drink when you light it on fire. And, and frankly, like, the visual appeal the presentation, of yeah. that mm-hmm. like the presentation um like cubers in portland oregon which is probably makes more spanish coffees than anyone and it's like fucking wild to go in there and order because they have like literally the bartenders like go to your table they have like a like a you know like a bandolier of like all the ingredients that they need and everything and they, it's it's wild it's to table side. i love yeah that. and mm-hmm. they and they make them in like 30 seconds it's <laughs> incredible like I, I i don't i don't know i mean it's practice obviously but like yeah that like that that cocktail is like a thing that I think is, you know, it, it's from a different era in terms of what bartending was about, but like, it's such a cool drink when it's handled right, but it's mm-hmm. such a bummer when it's not, it's like not worth it to me if you're just going to pour the ingredients in a, in a glass and, and, you know, maybe rim it with some sugar and just kind of hand it to me. Like, what, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, that would be really upsetting if anybody had it on their menu and then decided to serve it like yeah. that. <laughs> But it's like, whereas like, I think that's the problem with a cocktail, like the Spanish coffee in certain ways is like, theoretically, you should be able to order that in a bar, Mm -hmm. but you can go into, you might be able to go into most bars in the country and order a, I don't know, a, um, a hanky panky, like you were talking about the other day. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't know what it is, they have the ingredients. It's not a complicated cocktail to make once you understand it, but, but a Spanish coffee, even if someone looks it up, are they going to be willing to take the time? Do they understand the technique to how to properly make it? Mm, Maybe some. not. (laughs) I think you and I have some things to drink, right? We got to get to this part. My yes. drink is getting cold. It's not a hot drink so much anymore. It's like a lukewarm drink. So what did you bring? Okay. So I have, I have, uh, I'm going to say it's in the Maro Nonino hot, hot toddy. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I did just in the interest of time, I, I, the base is hot water with um, mm-hmm. two ounces of an Amaro. And I did an orange, some, some lemon juice, mm. um, orange zest and a, um, a cherry with a little, like a maraschino cherry with a little bit of its syrup. Very cool. And it's good. Very nice. <laughs> what do you so have? I have one of my favorite hot drinks that we haven't mentioned yet, which is the blueberry tea. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the blueberry tea. I'm not. Uh, okay. So the blueberry tea is a great cocktail that blows <laughs> people's minds because despite the ingredients, it actually tastes a lot like blueberries, which is kind of wild. Um, so it's a, a about, it's an ounce each of Grand Marnier and Amaretto. And then about four to five ounces of kind of black tea. I am using, mm. I'm using Darjeeling here. Um, and it's just wild. Like this it's wild so how good. that combination of flavors. Yeah, it's really tasty. And that combination of flavors somehow comes together to produce a drink that's like definitely has, you get some of the notes of these various other of its ingredients, but I swear to God, it tastes like blueberries. I, I, don't, I don't understand how, but mm. it does. I got to try this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 super easy to make. It's fun. It's different. Um, and like, you know, you just have uh yeah, it's it's tasty. What are your thoughts on mold wine, Zach, as a wine person? Oh, good good question. I had mold <laughs> wine on my list of hot drinks and I forgot all about it. Uh, like it's fine. I've never been a big fan. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of doesn't it doesn't really do it for me in the sense of like either you're using shitty wine right like like if it's good wine then why are we heating it like I, i'll just drink the wine mm-hmm. and if it's bad <laughs> wine then why do i want to drink it 
fair. It's kind of my take on it. That's maybe a little bit unfair. And like mold wine can be kind of a nice thing to do in the winter with like a bottle of wine that you're like, eh, like we had some of it, but I don't really want to drink any more of it. Or like it's been open for a couple of days, but it's like, it's kind of like, I will say if you're going to adulterate your wine, I'd rather drink sangria than mold wine personally. Hmm. Um, so that's me. What, what do you, do you like mold wine? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't drink it often, but when it's available to me, I'll, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a cup. Um, I've never mold wine myself though. Yeah. But some people are like really into mulling wine. And I will say like in the broader category of like the sort of like boozified drinks, like the hot drinks, like I'm here for your spiked hot chocolates, your spiked, you know, hot ciders, mm-hmm. et cetera. Like all about that. I guess if you have a bottle of peppermint schnapps, you might as well put it in your hot chocolate. Like mm-hmm. I don't really know what else I would use it for. Um, you know, those those are cases where I'm totally fine with using your vodkas or something kind of innocuous to slip in there just to kind of give it some just to just to make it boozy as opposed to kind of adding to the flavor. Because especially with, you know, hot chocolate, you've got such kind of a, a rich flavor set already. But um mm. Yeah, I, it is the it is the season for for hot drinks, and I I do enjoy them. Yes, um, well, Zach, this was a great chat. We yeah. will have Adam back with us next week and <laughs> another special guest. Um, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. So, yeah, I really want to know too, listeners, if you guys have favorite hot drinks. Let us know. Uh, it's podcast at vinepair dot com. Uh, if it's something we mention or or something else, it's always exciting to know what you guys enjoy drinking. Yes. All right. Well, we'll talk to you then. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair Tasting Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.